Hello, this is Kristen McDonald, and welcome to Second Vision. My guest today is Julie Hatch. Julie is a holistic parenting coach who counsels parents through the ups and downs of the parenting years and helps them find solutions to their challenges. She has 30 years experience as a pediatric nurse practitioner and currently pursues holistic health practices, such as acupuncture and herbal remedies. Julie has recently published a book called A Parenting Revolution for Higher Evolution, Raising Resilient, Responsible, and Compassionate Kids from the Inside Out, which is available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble, and I'm delighted to have her here today. How are you doing, Julie? I'm doing great, Kristen. Thank you for the introduction, and um, very nice to be here with you. Oh, it's a pleasure. Absolute pleasure. So I was reading up a bit on on your background and looking at your website, and it sounds fascinating. So tell us what led you to write this book, and, and what is a parenting revolution from the inside out? Um, well, the what, what led me to write this book is, well, I've always been passionate about kids. I've always worked with kids ever since I started my adult life, and I have three kids of my own. So I've always been passionate about kids, wanting to help them and bring the best to them. And that comes through working with their parents. And what led to writing this book at this particular point in time, which was about two years ago that I started it, um, was seeing the the levels of anxiety and depression in kids and the way that many kids go out into the world or even just into college not terribly well prepared, um, either because they've been sheltered or overprotected or for whatever reason, and therefore have a whole lot of anxiety um, about life, which is just is not fair to them. They should not start out life, I think, as a depressed or anxious being. So Especially in today's point. world. My goodness, with the yeah. pandemic and exactly. so many different and problems have arisen from that. Yeah, and that's right. And it was a problem before COVID, and now with the pandemic, it's just even more so. In fact, I don't even know what Compounded. the numbers are now. But yeah. Um, Certainly, they, certainly they've gone up. So, a parenting so, revolution is mm-hmm. um, the way to um, help our kids to become a, a different way of parenting. So, it's looking at parenting in a different way, a different paradigm of it, a different way of looking at your kids, um, and I think in a more holistic way, um, often in a more hands-off way. But it's a, just a different way of doing it. And the idea is to help our kids become more emotionally healthy and better prepared for life. And that's the, um, that's the evolution. <laughs> so, so give us some examples. Firstly, on what kind of problems. I mean, ADHD is a, a classic one. The kids, sometimes parents are unaware of that the kid is, you know, hyperactive or, or they know it's, they're hyperactive, but they don't know what the cause is or what the reason. Um, depression, bullying. Um, yeah. maybe the, some kids need, they have, are dyslexic or need tutoring. So, I mean, give us some examples and then what, what kind of solutions you offer that okay. are different than the so, mainstream. Right. So, okay. So dyslexia is something that I am not equipped to. There are great programs to help kids with that, that I'm not equipped to mm-hmm. work with. But this mm-hmm. is more behavioral problems, such as um, depression, anxiety, ADHD, which, and bullying, again, is another, that's, uh, I think that's in a league of its own, 
And I don't mm-hmm. have a whole lot of experience with that. It's certainly a big problem and something that we should start paying closer attention to. But so, for yeah. instance, ADHD or uh, anxiety or kids that are afraid to do things like to go to school or to go outside or um, whatever the anxiety may be around, there are ways of dealing with it. And ADHD, I would speak to, um, I do cover that a little bit in the book. It's a, I, I think it is an overused label. And my, the book, the focus of my book is about um, element types, which is a way of explaining your child's temperament and personality type and who they are on the, on the, in the, on the inside, who they really are. And ADHD types or hyperactive kids are a particular element type. They are a type that is competitive and active and loud and that's the way they, that's just the way they are. And to try to calm them down, certainly medications are indicated sometimes, but I think to medicate and force them to fit into what we want them to be in this classroom, especially, is not necessarily doing them a service. I think it's doing them a disservice. So the, so the ways to go about various behavioral problems um, which also makes me want to talk about behavior. But behavioral problems is with this five element system to figure out if your child um, is one of the, which of the five elements your child falls under, um, which of the five elements we as parents fall under or siblings fall under, anybody who your child is interacting with. And it just explains a whole lot about why they are the, the way, uh, why they behave the way they do and explains why they're made up the way they are. Or not so much why, but explains how they're made up and it's just the way that it's the way they come into this world and rather than try to change it or deny it um we want we do better if we can be aware of it understand it and help it help the child to be what they are what they are born to be again well, for instance on ADHD, right a, a hyperactive child may have trouble concentrating you know i know this because i had some of it myself growing up and i know my girlfriend say they have it too um, yeah. But it, it, I think, so what would yeah. you do with someone in that case that you can't just let them be, you know, if they're, if they can't focus? Um, you can help them to, and I, I think you're right. A lot of people, I think a lot of people could be labeled ADHD. And I think probably the majority oh, of the population half the world would, now. Yeah, would benefit from being on Ritalin or Adderall or whatever it is that they are using these days, which then again, begs the question of, so what is considered normal or what is considered okay? If more than half the population is this way, then maybe that's the new normal. But so as far as um, concentration for kids, who certainly do have to be able to concentrate, they a small example is with my son, who is a wood type and very, very hyperactive, superactive, was not labeled ADHD, was very active, had a fourth grade teacher who she saw in many of the boys in her classroom some girls too, but many of the boys, that they couldn't sit still in their street seats and they needed to get up and go. So she would, every so often at, at strategic times during the day, she would tell the people that need to move to go outside and run around the school five times or whatever, and then come back down and sit down. And then they could sit and concentrate. So maybe That's they need to great, have their, yeah, a great solution. Sit down. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, so maybe they need other sit-down periods for shorter amounts of time with more um, interruptions of being able to be physically active. 
Yeah, I love that because I mean, I found as I got older too, and I never knew that I had it. It's never uh, nobody ever put their finger on it, but I knew later in life because as soon as I would focus, uh, like for instance, I had a car accident and had to tutor. I got straight A's in math. Math was always something that I hated, and so Uh I later learned, wow, it wasn't my brain; it was just my concentration. And so the more I focused, and of course, losing part of your eyesight will help you focus too, because you have to remember you put everything. Um, but so that's interesting. You know, there are many natural remedies, I'm sure, for kids rather than than the mainstream drugs, you know, which can be good for some, as you say, but also they have side effects and yeah, you come crashing yeah. down. That's right. And they're not, they're not, I don't think that they're necessary for everybody, but yeah, and everybody is different. Right. And food has a lot to do with it. You know, I mean, oh my food God. allergies can cause terrible lack of concentration. I was allergic to wheat and didn't know it. And once I gave that up, wow, it's a new new brain, you know. Yes. Very good point. That is an excellent point because it's even beyond food allergies, the yeah. whole gut microbiome, the gut is the second brain, what we, what we yes. put into our guts, whether or not we're allergic to it, just anything that we put in has a huge effect on learning, cognition, um, Definitely. Um, behavior. behavior. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that is, and it's not just sugar. This goes far beyond that. It's just, you know. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yep. So that's allergies right. that's a and just triggers. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's a whole other thing. Exactly. Like, it would be wonderful. I don't know if you work with the school systems on this, on, you know, educating people on GMO foods and, you know, healthier mm-hmm. foods. They'll never go organic. It's too expensive. But, you know, so much right. of the, the food that's served in school is just terrible. Yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. I think Michelle Obama tried her best to do something about that, but that's she no, did. no longer, <laughs> no, no longer no. effective. <laughs> no. So when you're out there, do you you market yourself mostly to parents? I guess you you kind of find them through the school systems, and or they find you. You're a coach. Yeah, or they find me through um through my actually through my acupuncture practice. So if they have come for acupuncture, and they have kids. They find me that way. Word of mouth. Um, I have spoken to some schools, and um, that was good for a little bit. This my approach and what I teach is really good for one-on-one or families where you have one or two or three or four or five kids. But a whole classroom is kind of difficult to to parent or teach or lead to a child's element type, which is what I'm a big proponent of. Is is teaching to the child, the individual child, rather than the whole math. Right. So that's hard to do in a classroom of, of full of kids, of all different kinds, types of kids. So that didn't take off so well with schools. So I'm just finding people now. They find me in word of mouth and my website, my acupuncture practice. That's wonderful. So tell us more about acupuncture. I, I've, I've experienced it at one or two times in my life, and, and it, was, uh, it was a positive experience. But... Uh, what do you what do you mostly treat you know with acupuncture well, and and how does it help? Well, with acupuncture, I treat acupuncture, which is really is Chinese medicine, is mm-hmm. beneficial for almost everything: um, headaches, um, oh, not OBGYN, GYN problems, menopause, PMS, digestive issues. It's excellent with anxiety and depression. Is good with. Most people come for aches and pains, muscle muscle aches and joint aches and things like that, but it goes to mm-hmm. a lot of good for internal issues as well. Um, so I see I see people for all different kinds of things. I see kids, um, not as much as I would like to, um, 
it's not popular around here to to <laughs> bring a child in for acupuncture, but I have seen some kids, and they often have headaches and anxiety and sleep problems. So I oh, think insomnia. That's yes, that's a big problem with America. Insomnia. It is. Yeah. Kids to adults. So you, you treat the with them with acupuncture for insomnia. Yep. Yep, I do. Mm-hmm. And there's also herbal um herbal herbal remedies that help with insomnia as well. As with all as with all disorders pretty much. The the needles, the acupuncture treats the outside, but to really get to the root of the problem, a lot of times herbs are necessary to get to the inside. It treats the inside of the body and the needles treat the outside of the body. So it's a whole complete treatment when you do herbs and needles at the same time. Oh, I'm sure. So what are some of your top recommendations for the the sleep for herbal herbal remedies um well there's chinese herbs and that's what i usually that's what i do is herb is chinese herbs american herbs are i'm not so i'm not so good at it's the chinese herbs that mm-hmm. i learned in school and i still use um i also use supplements from standard process but i think that um aside from that it depends on whether whether you're talking about adults or kids but Turning off the phone, having no phone in the room for, yeah. the, for the night um, makes a difference. Turning off all screens for an hour before going to bed make a difference. Read a book or do something really old-fashioned like that. <laughs> turn off, yes, the, yes. Turn off the internet. Turn off all of that kind of stuff. Um, Epsom salts. Take a bath with Epsom salts. Just soak your feet in Epsom salts. That's a that's a nice relaxing way to wind down from the day. Um, sometimes a little bit of magnesium helps with with um, with helping to fall asleep as well, right? But I think more of it's the lifestyle and calming down and turning the world mm-hmm. off for a while before trying to go to sleep. The technology, yeah. I have a friend; she's a travel agent. She's always working at night when I call her in, in the Midwest, and I say, "Oh my God, no wonder you don't sleep." She sleeps about five hours a night. She's, "Oh, I have so much <laughs> on my mind when I go to bed." I said, "Why don't you work in the morning?" You know, but yeah. her, that's her body clock. She just likes to operate that way, you know. Do the yeah. Chinese herbs give you all those wild dreams? You know, I've done some of those um, herbal sprays, you know, and they're they're actually effective. You know, the passion flower and everything, yeah. but they do give you kind of crazy dreams sometimes. You know, the, the Chinese herbs, I don't find do that. I did. I tried valerian once, and that gave me crazy dreams, and I did, it wasn't worth it. <laughs> um, no, I know what it's you're wild, about. isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You wake up and say, whoa, I haven't seen that person in a while. What was that dream about? Yeah. What did exactly. that mean? Hopefully it's a little nothing. disturbing. <laughs> a little disturbing. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yep. So did you have problems of your own with your own kids, you know, that, that led you to go into this field? No. Actually, um, I... The way that I raised my kids happened to be very similar to what I'm doing now and what I've learned through Chinese medicine and um, Eastern medicine. It just happens to be that that's what I did. It was not on purpose. And I didn't, right. you know, I wasn't a great, I wasn't a perfect mother. Um, I did as good a job as I could, as all of us do. But it turned out that it was, I think I was pretty much on target, at least according to what I am teaching and preaching at this point, which I think is all okay. <laughs> I don't think there's much right, wrong with it. Right, <laughs> right, right. No, that's wonderful. Wonderful. So the pandemic it really just... Mm-hmm. 
um, and my kids certainly are are they've given me a run for my money. They've all been, had their troubles. They've been in trouble, you know. But in the long run, they're all in their old, they're old normal kids. <laughs> late twenties, they're doing great. So, <laughs> oh, that's to the other side that's and wonderful. You're blessed. Yeah. You're blessed. Yes, I am. And I'm sure you gave them great direction, you know, with all your credentials and all your your knowledge, you know, and empathy for these problems because, uh, yeah, (laughs) because so many of these problems are not treated correctly. You know, I remember my brother's younger friend had dyslexia growing up and nobody knew it for a while. And he was just a bad kid, you know, and uh, yeah, yeah. And it was a real disability for him, you know. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. So what are the five energies you talked about? Okay. Sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. again? No. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll go on the five, the five elements. The five elements, yes. Yeah. So that's um, a lot of acupuncture and Chinese medicine is based on the five elements, or treating through acupuncture is based on five elements. And the five elements in Chinese medicine, they're different um, Eastern medicines, there's Ayurvedic, and they're different element numbers and types. But in Chinese medicine, there are five, and they are wood, fire, earth, metal, and water. And they all correspond to different um, seasons of the year. And so there's different. So the so each element type is your child's, what I also call their true nature. It's who they are on the inside. Is It is their true nature. It is not a nature that, you know, society is trying to bestow upon them. It's what they're born with. And it's always mm-hmm. with them. We, our true natures never change. Sometimes there can be a, mm-hmm. um, a second one, a um there's one that's a dominant, and sometimes it can be a supporting one, but it's always there. It's always the same. So, to, so once you find out what your child's element type is, you can have a better look at what their true nature is, who they are on the inside, which is basically a roadmap to what they should be doing or want to be doing, are meant to be doing rather, not should, but are meant to be doing while they're while they're here on this earth. And it's a bit, it's a good way for us to see what drives them and enlivens them and what stresses them and makes them upset. And it's all, you know, all the different five element types have different stressors, different motivators, just as all of our, all of our kids have different stressors and different motivators. And it's just a, it's just a easy way really to get a different look at your child, a little more objective of a look, less judgmental. And um, so like, for instance, wood who are very active, 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 rather than label the child as hyperactive and a problem because they're hyperactive, it's nicer to say, well, this is a wood child and this is, that's why he's so active. <laughs> and right, this, right. These, these are the components to his personality. And this is, and I'm calling them, I'm saying him and his all the time. I should be saying her mm-hmm. sometimes too, mm-hmm. but it's so, so then we figure out what, what we do, how do we handle this and how do we be prepared for situations that are going to cause this child um, to stress and to act out and um, have, have difficulties. Yeah, it's kind of cool. It makes us all different, you know, all unique. And very often, yeah. you, know, you you you're called to things from the time you're young, you know. Yeah. It's just that you know you're either the left brain or the right brain. You know, you're not yeah. you're not great in science, but you're great in the arts, or you know, you're more interested in it. It's just we're all yep. so unique, you know. Yeah. Kind of a beautiful thing. And very isn't true. technology just a terrible um, detriment to our you know our kids' behavior? In many ways, but it's here to stay, and so I think yes, it's our job to learn how to um, how to help our kids with it. I think that 
it doesn't have to be. I mean, the internet and computers um, offer a lot. They, they, you know, they have. A, oh, they do. They're so, great so much service. positive. Absolutely. Yes. Yep. No question. But I think that um, social media, in particular, is a problem mm-hmm. for kids because it's yeah. so. It just there's so there's so many layers to it, and it's just it doesn't do a whole lot of good. It connects kids. I suppose it was helpful during the pandemic when there was so much isolation, so that was a good thing. But there's just so much um, there's a lot of bad things that happen with social media. Yeah, and I think that's probably down one on the, that now with Instagram, and you know. Yeah. Yep. That's which is good, and um, yeah, that's. that's good to hear. And I think that it's also for the parents need to kind of be aware, depending on the age of the child, but aware of where they're at on the internet and what they're doing with their phones and their computers or laptops. Very important. Very important. I just think of myself growing up in New Jersey and we were outside riding our bikes, riding horses, swimming, playing in the fields. You know, we just, um, it's all changed, of course. And like you say, I mean, what would we do without the internet now? The whole world is connected because of it, you know, so much more connected. But, um, and all the information at hand. But it's kind of sad, you know, nature, you know, is such a crucial thing when you're growing up to be a part of that. Yep, I did a chapter on that. This is also almost as important as the food that we eat, but time out in nature. Yes. And mm-hmm. I think that we're going where the pendulum is swinging way too much to the other side with the technology and not nearly enough time outside. And I read about kids that they step outside and they just, they don't like it. They have, they are repulsed by the outside and they have to retreat back inside, which is so yeah, that's all I know. bad commentary. Yeah. Terrible. And nature is... Well, there's there's nature, which is um, which is a remedy for a lot of behavioral problems, depression. People, doctors in certain countries can prescribe a certain amount of time outside as a treatment for depression. So, yes, it's yes. a known fact that it helps with depression and certainly with anxiety and ADHD and learning problems. Time in nature helps, but then it's taking it to another to another mm-hmm. step, and what sports, you're talking you know, being about active in sports. Yes. Yep. Being active in sports, definitely. That that is that's good. But also just being able to free play, to be able to run around and have nobody telling you what what you have to. Letting kids play together without yeah. an adult interjecting into their world is does a huge mm-hmm. favor to the kids. It does a whole lot with building social skills and a whole lot of life learning skills just with letting kids play amongst themselves. A pickup game of basketball, um, kickball, or sitting around and playing jacks, whatever it may be, letting them do what they decide to do gives them so many social skills. And that is what I think is lacking. Parents are afraid to let their kids do that. But like you say, the way that you grew up and the way I grew up is um, so much, in many ways, healthier. Yes, absolutely. And and as a result, you know, you see a lot of these kids are sitting at tables, even teenagers or college kids. And my my sister-in-law told me she saw recently in Florida, a whole group of kids at the bus stop and they're all on their phones. They're not talking to each other in the morning yes. before the bus. And it's so yep. sad, you know, they end up not being able to communicate properly or send a right, uh, correct thank you note on a job interview or, you know, they're out on yep. a date and they've got their phone in their hand. It's just um, <laughs> unfortunate. <laughs> It really is. It's 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 a really sad commentary, 
And a lot yeah. of times, not not always, and especially not so much with teenagers, but parents model it. And if a little kid sees that their parents are on the phone while they're at dinner or while they're all out to a restaurant, and the parents pick up their phones and are texting or whatever, that's what the kids learn to do. So the yes. first thing yes, to do is of course. set an example. Yeah. Yes. So what are two great things, you know, as we wind down with time uh, in your book mm-hmm. that you'd like people to have a takeaway or, you know, that you'd, you'd like to alert them about the book? Okay. Two takeaways. I think that um, I'm going to take do three, if I may. I'll, I'll try to be clear. Sure, absolutely. So I think the, the first thing that we as, that as parents is important to do is to consciously connect with our kids, and that means to really listen to them, um, talk with them, but more than talking is listening, hearing what they have to say, let them know that they matter, that what they're saying matters to you, that you are paying attention, that you're not on your phone while they're trying to talk to you. And just connect mm-hmm. at their level, both physically and developmentally. Listen to them. Give them feedback if they are looking for feedback or need it. But just let them know that they're important and that they matter. And that then, in turn, gives them a good feeling of self-worth and confidence. And then from there comes resilience. If they know that they are important in this world and that they matter, which starts with in the family and then out into the world, that's, that's huge. Number two is I think that as you look at uh, if you look at your child's element type, you can find out what their what success means to that element type. So I'm suggesting that we redefine our definition of success. That maybe it's not having a huge bank account or driving a Mercedes or being the most popular person in school, but success comes from what makes kids feel really good inside, um, and that the element type contributes to that. So redefine success. And then finally, just help tell parents, I would tell them to just kind of lighten up, (laughs) go easy on themselves, go easy on their kids. Um, It's certainly a serious, it's the most important job in the world, but you can lighten up. It's a little bit easier to enjoy it, enjoy your kids, pay attention to them, spend time with them. Um, And it doesn't have to be a struggle. It doesn't have to be a painful struggle to, to raise your kids. It feels like it sometimes, but you can just take a step back and laugh a little more and yell a little less. Everybody will be a lot happier. I love that. Well, it's hard to, we have, you know, very often we have two working parents, you know, I grew up with my yeah, mother. She worked in the house, of course, but not uh, outside the home. And a lot of people, you know, they're carrying three to five kids and they both work and it's very difficult. I'm it sure, sure it is. Yeah. Time is a, yeah. time is a, a is the time is the currency in parenting, I think, because we never have yes, time. time management. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Julie, your book sounds fantastic. And I'd love it if you could just tell the audience one more time your, uh, your website and the name of your book. Sure. And yeah, thanks. Yep. My website is uh, juliephillipshatch.com. And on the website, you can find out information about the book. Um, parent, um, parenting, coaching stuff that I offer, my acupuncture, everything about me and my book are on my website, juliephillipshash.com. And the name of the book is A Parenting Revolution for Higher Evolution and is available on Amazon. Fantastic. And can people order products through your website too for with herbs or Chinese medicine? I could do a consultation with them. I, I, it's, I won't prescribe herbs without talking with somebody at preferably to lay of course, hands on them, of course but at least to um 
but but yeah, that's possible. There's certainly a way to connect with me, contact me uh, through the website, and whatever somebody's looking for, we we'll, can talk about it. <laughs> Terrific. Well, thank you so much for the time today, Julie, and everyone listening. Uh, I hope you have a blessed day. I'm Kristen McDonald for Second Vision. My guest has been Julie Hatch, and I hope you check out our website. And any of you are having, you know, concerns or issues with your with your parenting skills, please check out our website and our new book. Best of luck to you, Julie. Thank you so much, Kristen. Thank you.